Welcome back to the Finn Maniacs preview show with Carter and Jorge. We still haven't come up with a name, Jorge. Yeah, I know. We, I, I'm waiting for Twitter fans because I know there are hundreds and hundreds of them. There are hundreds. Just something funny. Yeah. <laughs> We have no consensus yet. We'll come up with something, okay? All right, sounds good. To start the show of the of the Dolphins talk, like we always do, we, we do headlines, and I suppose this headline, I'm only going to do one, and it's kind of uh, sour. Um, Devontae Parker's could be out this Sunday, most likely. Mike Kosicki, same kind of story. Jakeem Grant <laughs> might be out as well. Uh, and our running backs are up in the air as well. I could keep going on and on. This headline encompasses a team that coming into the year, a lot a lot of people said, was pretty shallow at a, a lot of these skill positions in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the, the injuries that happened against Kansas City were, were very unfortunate, as all injuries are, but they were focused on two position groups in particular. And, I mean, we were thin at wide receiver to start with. And then I'm, I'm hopeful that Devante Parker is going to be able to play more of a role in this game that, say, Jakeem Grant is going to be able to. Uh, but the, the, the one injury that has me most concerned is actually Bobby McCain. I mean, he he left the game with, a, with an ankle injury after having a concussion scare earlier on, and he didn't practice today. So I'm hoping that was just a veteran day off. But if, he, if he's not there, and if you're listening to this on Saturday, I'm talking about Wednesday. So uh, mm-hmm. he didn't practice today. Mike is sick. He didn't practice today. So, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping they're going to be fine for the game against the Patriots. Those are those are two big losses for sure. Bobby goes out for a couple plays. There's two touchdowns uh, uh, in very quick order. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw, I mean, that, that's what happens when, when a safety comes off the bench. You know, they're going to be a bit cold. Uh, not just physically, but just on the mental aspect of the game. We saw Clay, and I'm sorry, I think I'm going to butcher his name right here, but uh, Clay Fetigulum uh, uh, taking a step enough. forward when he should have been, been backpedaling. So, uh, you know, I think he's a good player. I think that if he had started the game uh, and not just come on for those uh, two quick plays, it would have been another thing. But it's always hard to come off the bench, and especially against high-powered offense like the Chiefs have. I, I must say, you know, coming into this year, like we said, we were already pretty shallow at wide receiver is probably the better way to say it. And we had, you know, we had Devontae Parker and we had Preston Williams were really the only two targets you said, I trust these people. You know, we lost Albert Wilson, you know, to COVID-related I don't want to play isms. Alan Hearns, there you go. Yep. Alan Hearns is not huge, but I mean, you'd like to have him at this point. And now you're you're just so so shallow going into the rest of the season. Where basically, because the Browns lost uh, on Monday, uh, you basically have to win out. And now it's getting a little bit crunchy. But before we go into that conversation, which we'll do later in the show about the playoffs and the the Dolphins' playoffs hopes at this point, I think we should go do a little slight recap of Kansas City uh, versus uh, Miami. And obviously, for months and months, you said the Dolphins win this one, and it's it's not going to even be close. The Dolphins are going to put up a 1,000 points. <laughs> and obviously, that didn't come to fruition. What do you have to say for yourself, Jorge? So I knew that, that was coming. I, I was sure you were going to take a shot at, at that prediction. Yeah. But the Dolphins <laughs> weren't far off. I mean, I mean, it was a six-point game. Uh, we saw Tua really come back into the game big time at the end, uh, one touchdown away from winning. And, I mean, let's let's highlight some things. First of all, if, if you read my column before the game, I called for the Dolphins having as many interceptions of Mahomes as he had for the whole season. It was two. The Dolphins actually had three. So I, I came even short on that one. And, I, I mean, this is a game that Dolphins, no one expects Dolphins to win, except me, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a game that they could have won. They, they could have won. I mean, if you look at the 
at the points they left on the field. There was a Devante Parker drop. There was a Jakeem Grant drop that turned into an interception. Um, there was a safety in an, a you know, head-scratching play call back there. Uh, you had the missed, missed field goal. So the Dolphins really could have won this game. And the, the point is that we don't expect them to win these sort of games this year, but they're definitely on track to be to, to the point where we're going to be expect, expecting them to win this sort of games next year. So it was an L. I'm going to, you know, I, I came to the program with my, my head held high. Um, and I'm going to predict the Dolphins are going to win this week again. And I still think they're going to make the playoffs, Carter. And I know that you and I have a very yin-yangy sort of relationship where, where yep. I'm Santa Claus and you're the Grinch trying to steal, steal Christmas. Okay, that, but, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I'm the Grinch <laughs> who stole Christmas, but I see, I see your point. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a loss that I think left a lot of people very optimistic about the future of this team. And here's a question that doesn't really have to do with anything. Let's say Fitzpatrick played this game. Do the Dolphins win? No. The Dolphins are not even that competitive if Fitzpatrick wins. If Fitzpatrick plays, sorry. And I don't think I care about the answer of this because this is one of those conversations that's become so dull. And it it's just kind of annoying to people say, oh, well, let's win now. Let's put in – let's ruin Tua's development and put in Fitz. I'm not a huge fan of that idea. But I think my point on this whole thing is uh, Kansas City turned over the ball four times. And yep. I, I understand that Tua played a great second half. You got to be up twenty-one-zero after that first half. You you just do, yeah, especially I, with all of those turnovers. I, I mean, you got ten half, you got ten off of it, and you were still somehow losing at halftime, fourteen to ten. I hate that, and I personally think, and it doesn't matter. This conversation doesn't matter. Fitzpatrick's in at quarterback. We're up definitely 17-0. We, we saw Fitzpatrick against the Jets struggling in that first game. And we saw Fitzpatrick against the Seahawks not being able to, to score uh, in the red zone. So, so I think that when you've got that common denominator, no matter who you have a quarterback you're struggling with, um, it might be the play calling in that first half. I think that when, when Tua went to empty sets and the, the, you know, the, the whole, no, no huddle offense, uh, up-tempo, I think he looked a lot better. And I think this is just Chan Gailey getting comfortable with with Tua and, and let's be honest, we've been talking about Changeli basically every week, whether it's good or bad. And th- there was uh, some interesting questions in in the press conference this morning when, when the Dolphins uh, made their assistant coaches available, where Changeli was basically asked if he has a three year plan, a five year plan, basically asking him if he's going to be coming back this next season. And he said, "I don't know. I've got a day to day plan with everything going on with COVID related. I'm I'm just focusing on living my life one day at a time. So I'm I'm pretty sure we're not going to see Gailey back next year. And you know that that's good. That has good and bad parts. But honestly, I think that uh, he he called a much better game for Tua in the second half, and Tua was able to bring this team to the verge of actually having a comeback. And I'm not sure Fitz would have been able to do that. And I I know you would love Chan Gailey uh, getting canned. That would be fantastic for <laughs> you, you Jorge. You, you make me sound like I hate Chan Gailey, and I don't hate Chan Gailey. I just <laughs> question his ability to play calls for Tua. Right, right, right. And that means we get a new offensive coordinator probably next year, and then it's probably a two-year development of of Tua until you become uh, like an elite quarterback, if that's in the cards. Back to this KC game, the last thing I want to say on the matter is that uh, this team, and this is why I thought your prediction for so long that the Dolphins win this game versus the Chiefs was so ridiculous, is that, I mean, the defense did everything it could— 
you know, caused this Chiefs team to turn over the ball four times. They somehow still score 30 points. A lot of that, I mean, seven of that was the punt return. I will give that. Uh, Like I said, in the preview show last week, the Dolphins are not capable with these weapons, especially with the depleted weapons as the game went along, to go blow for blow with the Chiefs. And even with four turnovers, they still couldn't do it. So it was, I mean, it was beautiful to come back at the end and, and Tua look good in the second half. I don't really know the point other than I'm arguing against your prediction. <laughs> I just want to say that you seem to be enjoying in this particular one, just watching, you know, the, the glass half empty. And I, I'm, I'm more of a uh, half full kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So I will say this. Um, yes, the defense played very well. Yes, the offense was not able to keep up with, with Kansas City in large part, I think, due to the injuries. But I think there's so much uh, more that comes out of this game that leaves us hopeful for the future than, you know, disappoint, than, this, than disappointed. I mean, you saw Lynn Bowden making a real claim to be a slot receiver in this league, making some big plays. We saw Mike Kosicki, you know, develop some chemistry with Tua, which had been lacking before. And you saw Tua really rallying the team around him and, and you know, almost fulfilling that comeback. And it's always disappointing not, not to win. But I think if this game taught us anything is that the defense is all but set for the next couple of years. I mean, it's a very, very young defense. And it was a defense that was also missing, you know, Kyle Vannoy and Landon Roberts, two of their captains, uh, they were without three of their captains at some point with Bobby McCain out. And I think this defense is all but set for, for next year and for a number of years because they're so young. And the offense, we saw some promising things out of Tua. We saw some promising things out of Lynn Bowden. Uh, the rookies on the offensive line, I thought at least two of the three played a very good game. And, you know, there's so much reason for optimism that I- I'm going to decide that it was a tough loss. I'm going to take the L. I know it. I predicted it for weeks. But I will say this, this game left me a lot more confident for the potential, uh, you know, game, I mean, for the potential game with, with the Raiders in a couple of weeks. So we'll end that Chiefs and Dolphins conversation with your silver lining. We'll head into, we have to uh, do our opening debate where we, like we said, we're kind of a yin-yang team. So you kind <laughs> of have a debate for us that you brought yeah, so we, we want to hear from, from other Dolphins fans of what's the most iconic number for, for the Dolphins. And, I mean, I think you've got to put uh, number 12 there with, with Greasy. He's a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Dolphins back in the 70s. You've got to put number 13 there with, with Dan Marino. You need to put number 72, you know, the, the unbeaten perfect season. And I think you need to put number 54 and 99, just the, the, the two iconic captains from the 90s Dolphins defense with Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor. Uh, for me, the, the most iconic numbers are, you know, number 12 and number 72, just because of, of what they did. And, and they won the Super Bowl twice, you know, with that with that team. So that's that's my pick. But I, I know you don't agree with that, Carter. Like I said, uh, when you sent me this topic, I am just not a big fan of like, especially when you didn't grow up in that area and you kind of have to just like watch highlights or take everyone's word for it. Like Dan Marino was really good. Take my word for it. I'm not a person that kind of, you know, gravitates towards that. So that that's not something I would personally say is my most iconic numbers for me growing up. My favorite season of all time is 2008, you know, and that's, and that's the wildcat and that's, uh, you know, Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams, those types of things, you know, 23, 34 those are the things i remember most 
you know, maybe Chad Pennington, 10. Those three numbers are huge for me. You know, Cameron Wake became my favorite player at 91. Jason Taylor, of course, 99 is right on the edge of my childhood. Fantastic number. But I don't go further back than that. Well, I think, you know... Obviously, I didn't. I didn't never watch the '72 Dolphins. I mean, I, I my, the first game that I have a memory of is, uh, you know, the Dolphins getting completely decimated by the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that retired, you know, the, both the coach Jimmy Johnson and and Dan Marino. Um, that being said, I mean, the, the one thing that every Dolphin can hang their hat on every time someone mocked us for being Dolphins is we are the only team with a perfect season, and that's the '72 team, and that was led by number 12, uh, you know, Bob Greasy. So. Um, I mean, that, that's why I think for me, that those are the most iconic numbers. You know, uh, Objectively speaking, if I had to uh, speak for the fan base, I'd have to say the most iconic number is 13. I mean, that's just, yeah. uh, you have to Which kind of... It's interesting that neither you or I, you know, picked it, so... Right, I, I think, like, neither you or I kind of, like, grew up in the 80s when Dan Marino was... I mean, showtime, you know, just showtime in Miami. Uh, Football fans, most uh, Dolphin fans, 13 is number one. Then maybe it's 72 for, uh, you know, the perfect season. And then you can work your way down. I mean, it's an interesting conversation for sure. We will will pick this up another week. Yeah, I I think it's good. And I think we should, you know, bring some of the older Finn Maniacs that might have actually watched that, that, you know, 72 Dolphins. I'm not saying that he's that old, but Jason could give us some input on, on that. I think so too. He's got. I think he's got at least ten years on us. So we'll definitely bring Jason yeah. on for this for the conclusion of this conversation. Okay, so let's move. I, on. I just want to say that. Okay, go for it. If, if you don't know, if hear from Carter next week, it's that Jason fired him from that comment. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's one thing. Uh, I was. I thought I was giving the benefit of the doubt, but all right. Uh, let's let's do uh, the reason we're here. The preview show for Finn Maniacs. Hey, Ann Carter, we're going to talk a little bit about Dolphins, Patriots, and this is where you kind of pick up uh, on some of the matchups. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, the one matchup that I'm most concerned about has to be Coach Belichick against two. I mean, Coach Belichick is, I think, 21-5 against rookie quarterbacks. He just beat, you know, the the leaving wheels out of Justin Herbert earlier this this season. Um, And I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Dolphins has grown and adapted from that, you know, early season showing against Cam. Uh, to see if they can actually stop the running game this time around. Uh, there were reports coming out this week that the Dolphins actually had a players-only meeting to discuss their woes w- when stopping the run. So, um, you know, I think it's a good challenge. And if they're going to make some noise going into the, the, the later parts of the season and making that push for the playoffs, uh, then they have to be able to stop the run this week. I mean, I think X basically going against whoever the, the Pats are lining up a receiver nowadays uh, which, by the way, if you haven't seen the wires as well, uh, the personal trainer for and kill Harry, the, the second year Patriots receiver basically said the reason that his production is down is that Cam Newton can't throw him the ball. So that's wow. where the Pats are, are this week, uh, basically throwing each other under the bus. You know, Belichick is going to hate that. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup for the Dolphins' defense. And I, I don't remember, Carter, and I wonder if you do, the last time the Dolphins went into a Patriots game, where we were expected to win. Where not winning was going to be the disappointment. Um, I've never lived for that. I've never yeah. been alive for that. I, or at least I don't remember. I mean, maybe uh, the second meeting in 2008, like we were talking about earlier. But uh, I don't know. Other than that, probably never. Yeah, neither have I. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Coach Flores going against his, his former mentor. Obviously, I think Coach Flores uh, with Joe Judge are probably the, the, the two, you know, Belichick, 
uh, dis disciples that are going to be able to be to find success in the league just because of, of the, the way they coach. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see that matchup as well. Um, obviously, Josh McDaniels is a great a great offensive coordinator that usually gives the Dolphins fits. Uh, but it's been a while since we've been swept by them, and the Dolphins are going to be favored this week, so that's going to be interesting as well. I personally, coming into this game, am super, super worried because the first the first time we played this season, the mobile, you know, Cam Newton quarterback uh, play that they used was so infuriating and so, like, methodical, so slow, but it just gashed us. That's something that, like, that, like, game plan that they used that first week, it will always work against this Dolphins defense for some reason— that is the one big uh, red herring to this defense is that they can't stop a mobile quarterback and they can't. However bad Cam has been playing this year, I want to say this. I, I am very afraid of, you know, if this if the Patriots can run the ball really well and obviously put up some quick points. If with the depleted offense that Tua is definitely going to get and a defensive-minded coach in Belichick, one of the 40 chess players of defense, if it's going to be possible to keep up with a team like this. You know, the Dolphins have one big thing, literally, uh, going for them this week that they didn't have in that, you know, earlier meeting in September on September 13th. And that's, you know, Recon Davis. You know, Recon Davis, I mean, he was available for the game, but it was, you know, his first game as a rookie. And, you know, he's really come on to himself the last couple of weeks. He's really grown and has really shown up on tape. So I think having him at the, at the you know, you know, at that no, nose point is really going to help the Dolphins defense not, not get pushed around as they were in that, you know, first week. And honestly, I mean, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Lokba, they've also really come on, on, on their own the, next, the last couple of weeks and have really set the edge much better. And, you know, Van, Van Ginkle was coming out of rehab. Vanoy was playing his first game with the Dolphins. I mean, there's a lot of factors that I think are going to contribute to these defense uh, making a much better showing this time around than they did, you know, in week one. Okay, so what's your bold prediction for this week? <laughs> uh, yeah, my bold prediction is that Adam Shaheen is going to score two touchdowns playing at the tight end position, and Matt Collins is going to have a touchdown reception as well. Matt Hollins is kind of a tight end in his own respect, to be honest. My bold prediction is once again, and I'm doing this almost as a meme this time, <laughs> that uh we're gonna have a, a hundred yard rusher i've said this maybe yes now now it's been now it's been seven or eight weeks in a row and we still are yet to have one this season i'm just gonna say it and maybe eventually it's gonna manifest itself that's that's my bull prediction i, I just want to ask a question uh carter I, I think it's quite unfair when you say that and don't give a name so you know who's gonna be the the, the hundred yard rusher well if, if, if gaskin plays then it's gaskin but i will say this and i think this is gonna be my bold prediction Tua is going to have more rushing yards than Cam Newton by the end by the end of the game. Wow, I totally disagree with that, but I do like the spunk. I personally know for a fact that they're just going to do the exact same offensive game plan they did last time, and it's going to work. I just don't know if how Chan is going to. <laughs> operate offensively with these weapons and also against the best defensive uh, coordinator head coach in the entire NFL. Fingers crossed. You know what? I uh, And this is why I'm having that bold prediction. Cam Newton has been benched a couple of times this season already, and I'm not sure he's going to finish the first half for the Patriots this week. Honestly, if, if, if they have to throw it up there, uh, you know, Byron Jones, Saving Howard, 
uh, Eric Rowe, even without Bobby McCain, the secondary should be able to stop whatever goes by as passing attack for the Patriots, who, by the way, are 29th in passing this year. So, you know, I think that the Dolphins should be able to to focus on just stopping the run, force him to cuff up the ball as he has the last couple of weeks, and just force Belichick's hand to bring in Jared Stidham, and then it should be a field day for the Dolphins' defense. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with 28-9. to 28-9 Dolphins. Here's something to point out to our audience. Jorge has never picked against the Dolphins this season. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I have quite often. And I'm going to continue right now. The only time you didn't pick against the Dolphins in a game that they were expected to win was with Denver. And then we lost that game. So, yeah, go ahead. Please uh, pick against the Dolphins. That's folks. not true. I picked, the, I picked the Dolphins over the Chargers, too. <laughs> what I'll say here is this is lined up to be a big disappointment game and it's going to look really bad to the country because nobody knows what's happening within the locker room no one knows the injury report no one knows that two is playing with uh Bowden as number his number one receiver this is going to be a come down uh from that you know rattle off six wins in a row uh that we had earlier in the season and I hate to say it the stars are aligning for this to be a big come down so here's the things we got going on okay we got no one <laughs> no one that scares you on offense potentially okay we also have a divisional matchup which if you know anything about divisional matchups is Sometimes the Jets beat the Patriots. Sometimes the uh, Bills, uh, when they're really crappy, beat the Patriots. The last thing I have to say about the stars aligning in this way is that it's also the most perfect revenge game for Bill Belichick from last year. I never want to say uh, that Bill is out of a game or he doesn't have a strategy that could beat us this season at the end of this game it's going to be probably pretty close something like 2017 a very low scoring game and i i think the patriots win this okay so i'm, I'm looking at the stats for the last uh you know the last matchups 2020 i mean we're one uh, we're, the patriots won the first game 2019 the obviously the dolphins went to new england and beat them 27 to 24 before that and the you know earlier part of the season new england beat the dolphins 43 to nothing uh, in 2018, the Dolphins, you know, Miami Miracle, they they split the series. 2017, uh, they split the series. So we, the Patriots haven't swept the Dolphins in quite a while, right? Quite a while. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think that if Coach Flores has shown us something is that he can keep, have his team ready to play when they have to play. And he, he's going to keep them in the game at all times. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like that 21-11 uh, matchup to start the season. I think this is going to be a perfect uh, revenge game, but for Brian Flores. And look, Belichick is a, is a genius. He's a, he's a great coach. Uh, I just think he's he's playing with a very short hand this this year, both on offense and defense. And talent wise, these Dolphins are better than the Patriots are right now. Unit wise, the Dolphins defense is better than the Patriots defense right now when it comes to scoring defense, sacks, takeaways, and. I think the Dolphins should win this game. I, I think, uh, you know, with all the factors going on, my big concern, and you know this, my, my big letdown game is the Las Vegas one uh, on prime time. Mm-hmm. But I think the Dolphins win this week. I think they stay in the in the playoff in the playoff hunt. And I think we should talk about the playoffs, Carter, because we're we're getting there. Yeah, here this is going to be the thing that finishes out. You know what I mean? It's uh, finishes out the episode is. 
finisher debate between you and I, and it doesn't have to be a debate if we agree, but normally we don't. So, Jorge, do the Dolphins make the playoffs? And if so, how do they do it? I, honestly, I don't know. I think if, if they do it, it's because they won two games and either Baltimore lost or once or Cleveland, Cleveland lost twice. I think the Colts... The Colts are not going to lose two games in, in what's remaining of their season. I think the Browns could potentially lose uh, two games just because it's going to be, uh, you know, the letdown for them after that big, uh, you know, after that very close loss against the Baltimore Ravens. I think they lose this Sunday against the Giants, and I think they lose Week 17 against the Cedars. I don't know. Are you saying yes or no? Fine. It's a yes. The Dolphins do make the playoffs. Okay. I, I, I could have telegraphed that. That is definitely a Jorge answer. I personally think that this is a classic example of a 9-7, and 10-6 and six year. You have three tough games to end the season. In the last four games, I think they said that the Dolphins have the hardest schedule to end the season. However this season ends, it was fantastic. I loved being a part of it. I just think that we're gonna, we got into a situation that the minute the Browns didn't beat the Ravens, that uh, you have a team like the Ravens, who are a very talented team, but they've been underperforming all season, that are going to take care of business against these bad teams. And I think they're going to rattle off three in a row. I think they're going to you know, end 11-5. and five, And that leaves the Browns. And personally, I think that the Browns are a lot better than they've normally been. But you're right. They could have a letdown situation coming up. It's all on the Browns, in my opinion. I really think it's all on the Browns. And I think the Dolphins probably lose to the Patriots. They beat they, they beat the Raiders. And then they finish the season off against the Bills. And let's say potentially Cleveland opens the door. Well, guess what? It's going to come down to Bills, Dolphins to make the playoffs. And I think you'll fall short in that situation. Uh, though, heck of a ride. I mean, also, let, let's be honest. The, the Bills could go into that Week 17 game with nothing to play for. That's true. And resting a number of starters, which would help the Dolphins. And just on, on the Ravens, uh, we've got some, uh, I, I wouldn't call it breaking news because it happened a couple hours ago, but we do have some recent news that uh, half of their wide receiver room has now gone into the COVID list, including Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin. They're now on the COVID list. Um, so they might go in shorthanded this week. I mean, they are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, so I'm pretty sure that they could just find someone from the crowd and that someone is going to score on the Jaguars. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I think I th- I'm concerned about that Bills game if the Bills have something to play for. Because playing in the cold in upstate New York against a very good uh, Bills team, it's going to be tough for these Dolphins that don't do well in the cold. Um, I am concerned about the Las Vegas game. We've talked about it for a couple of weeks. I'm not excited about watching it in prime time, but we'll talk about that next week as well. The Ravens uh, without wide receivers should be fine, I think. I mean, they're facing the Jaguars and the Bengals and the Giants to finish off the season. I personally say the only game you could see them losing is the Giants, right? Would you agree there? Yeah. A lot, a lot of this playoff hopes that we have left is hanging in the balance on um, Daniel Jones's back. So we shall see. Also, there's a third way that you can make the playoffs. You just went out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well. Which, interestingly, neither you or I have that scenario playing out. <laughs> no. I mean, it's possible. Okay, so let me tell you this. If you win the pa- you beat the Patriots this week and the Bills have nothing to play for week 17, it's definitely possible to win out. 
Uh, that is the end of this preview episode, Jorge and Carter on Fin Maniacs. We thank you for listening, and Jorge, uh, thank you for being here as well. Thank you, Carter, and uh, it's going to be a good week.